You are listening to a podcast from The National. We are experiencing a digital transformation that is changing the way we live and work around the world. Some of the jobs of the future have not even been created yet. How can we all meet the opportunity and challenges from this rapidly evolving world? This is Beyond the Headlines, and I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, the National's Assistant Editor-in-Chief. As various technologies and innovations change the way we live our lives, the workplace is also rapidly evolving. The skills and understandings that we had 10, 20, 30 years ago are perhaps not fit for purpose anymore or are very quickly becoming different. I'm lucky to say that here in Abu Dhabi today, joining us uh, are two people who are very much at the forefront of meeting what we might call this skills gap if you like, or the opportunity opportunity gap. Um, let me introduce, um, from the Abu Dhabi School of Government, we have Solvay Nikolas, who's the dean. Did I say your name right there? Yes, thank you. Very good. And uh, Jeff uh, Magion Calder, who is the uh, chief executive of Coursera. Pleasure to be here. Thank you guys for being here. Now, you, you, you've come in to have a chat about this sort of broad subject of education and skills in the workplace and the way society and the world is changing. Um, you're also here in Abu Dhabi um, together um, for the Milken Institute, uh, MENA Summit, which is happening uh, also, um, which is an interesting time in front of a very high level audience to talk about these things. Uh, but also you're announcing a partnership, which is quite exciting. Um, Solvay, obviously you're based here with the Abu Dhabi School of Government and um, Coursera have come all the way from California to, to discuss it. So. Um, in your own words, perhaps, um, you know, what, what, what's this all about? Well, the Abu Dhabi School of Government is a new government entity with a mission and mandate to help consolidate and the learning and development in the Abu Dhabi government. And in order to do that, we have gone out to find global best practice partners who are able to bring, you know, learning and development in many, many subjects from around the world and make that available to the government employees in an accessible way. And Coursera was an obvious partner for that. If I may ask, Jeff, the, you, you've, you're in the Middle East already. This isn't your first initiative here, but it's your first in, in the UAE. Is that right? It, it is. And I would also say it's the most significant initiative that we have in the Middle East right now. Uh, Coursera was started in 2012 by two Stanford professors, Andrew Ng, who's very famous for artificial intelligence, and Daphne Kohler, who's a mathematician and computer scientist. And they really pioneered, along with a few others at that time, the idea that you could put high-quality, structured, even elite university content and education online and make it available to a much, much broader audience. So we now have at Coursera 38 million individuals from around the world taking courses from over 160 universities. But what we found in the last few years is that working directly with governments and businesses, you can tailor this type of curriculum to really meet those kinds of skill gaps and training needs that you pointed out in your introduction. And it's really been wonderful to collaborate with Solvay and the team to, to match this content catalog that we have of over 3,000 courses from the top universities, not just in the States, but from almost every region of the world to the particular needs of the Abu Dhabi government employees and the, the school of, of, uh, of, of the government employees that has recently been created. I mean, the Abu Dhabi School of Government, as you say, is a, re a relatively new um, institution that's 
being part of uh, sort of broader uh, efforts by the Emirate to to kind of prepare everybody for the future, if you like. I mean, the future is now in, in many ways. It's very, very fast what's happening. Um, but uh, Solve, the you've got 60,000 government employees that you guys are potentially um, going to help uh, ensure that their skills are, are fit for purpose in this modern world that we're living in. That is correct. I, it is actually one of the most exciting learning initiatives that I've personally had the opportunity to work on, and I would suggest right now one of the most cutting edge globally. The UAE is such an incredibly dynamic place. It is a young country. It is fast moving. It's very energetic and exciting. And it is at an incredibly important inflection point in its evolution right now. And learning needs to be a key component of that because the future is, is very exciting but very unclear. The best thing we can provide is a curious, knowledge-seeking government that understands how to find the information they need, how to interpret the data that's available to them. And that is what is going to be required as the government and the economy continue to mature and evolve. And so to have a platform like Coursera, you know, we're providing enormous amount of curriculum in a number of areas, but a partnership like Coursera allows us to have access to, as Jeff mentioned, cutting edge university information from all over the world in a way that would be literally impossible to get in any other context. It is one of the most wonderful demonstrations of technology-enabled learning to bring the four corners of the world to Abu Dhabi on demand for the government, all of the government employees. So Coursera's platform offers video courses. Uh, you get accreditation, you can get degrees. Uh, they, it seems the main uh, sort of thing that marks you out is that you partner up with institutions. So it's part of this uh, initiative in Abu Dhabi. There's going to be access to courses, thousands, I assume. Um, from almost more than 170 top institutions. I, I went to your website and I saw Duke University, for example, is one of them, yeah. uh, Johns Hopkins. I mean, this is the level of, of sort of elite institution that will be tailor-making these courses. Uh, 70, I think, in subtitled in Arabic, 30 will be fully translated. Um, so it, it's very much a, a, a treasure trove for Abu Dhabi government employees who want to work on subjects like Data science, I'll pretend I know what that is. Um, <laughs> artificial intelligence um, and, and other things that are very much part of what, you know, the buzz phrase of the fourth industrial revolution. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a couple of years ago, Coursera launched Coursera for Business because businesses around the world were interested in more quickly identifying and then delivering the types of education and skills that would be needed for where the business and where those jobs are going in the future. Uh, yeah, it, it bodes well, I think, uh, to Solvay's points around the, the dynamism of the UAE population. We have over 170,000 consumer learners on Coursera right now in the UAE. And the number one course is learning how to learn, which really speaks volumes about where people see the world going. Different domains of knowledge are important, but one of the most important things is becoming a lifelong learner, someone who's curious and understands that the world is changing so quickly that people will need to continue to learn and upskill for the rest of their lives. When we look at the course catalog, I was just looking through what, what we've curated here uh, for, the, for, the, um, for the School of Government. We have courses in analytics, artificial intelligence, digital marketing, emerging technology, finance, innovation, 
three different courses, uh, three different um, series of courses, about 15 courses on leadership, programming, project management, research, strategy, public policy. I mean, really a very broad, comprehensive set of courses from, as you said, the leading institutions in the world. I mean, developed countries, um, there was a period where uh, there was a manufacturing shift from the West to the East. A a lot of, a generation had to learn new skills to to, to find a place in in work, essentially. And uh, probably much sooner than anyone anticipated, because of, of the way technology is working, because of the number of roles that technology can now take on, there's, it's also a case where perhaps the skills we thought we would need aren't quite the ones that we actually need now. But as you, to your point, Jeff, it's a mindset. The mindset is the most important thing. How do you get people to understand that they must constantly be evolving their skills? Yeah. And whose responsibility is it? Is it the private sector or is it the government? I think it's interesting you mentioned that particular point, I like to tell a story related to uh, my grandfather, actually. And it's interesting that if you look at the fact that there is more data being created today in any one day than was created in my grandfather's entire lifetime. And so as a professional learning industry, that fact should, if you think of it holistically, should change the way you think of learning fundamentally, because I can't possibly know what facts I should be teaching anyone right now for what they'll need to do in five years. A statistic that came out of the World Government Summit this week is 64 5% of children in school today will be in jobs that don't currently exist. So again, what should I be teaching someone? What, sh- what should you be anyone be teaching anyone? And it's well, yes, there are skills and, you know, data analysis, and there's lots of things people need to know, but the truth is fundamental to all of that is the need for people to be curious, be knowledge-seeking, have the skills of critical thinking, have the skills of analysis, have the ability to know where to find accurate, useful information. And so that is fundamental to the, the, the philosophy that we have built the Abu Dhabi School of Government around and how we are going to be moving forward. And then to your actual point, who's responsible? I think it's everyone. I think it's very important that in this context, the government stand up and say, we have to provide the learning that is required, and they have. And it's also required that the learner stand up and say, I, as a government employee, want to take this forward, want to see my country continue to succeed, grow, evolve, develop. And I will do my part in investing my time and energy into that to learn what needs to be, learn what I need to know to be a, a contributor to that in the future. Would you agree with that, Jeff? Absolutely. I think uh, there are some great books out right now. As the, as the pace uh, of change has accelerated, we're all starting, we, we as sort of a human species, we're all sort of trying to wrangle with this question of how, how do you keep up? with an exponential rate of change. And uh, I like to say that learning is the root cause of almost all human progress. It really is the the ability to understand our world, to be able to harness the power of of resources, to be able to communicate and influence each other, to to have better health and better better programs and services and more creative expression. It all comes from learning, which pretty much comes from education. And so I I do think that as a matter of being um, 
relevant to the economy, you're going to have to develop new skills. I would also say that life is richer when you understand the world and the people in it. And so I, I think that we are uh, looking at a time where many people will probably be fearful and feel challenged by the dislocations that are occurring because of this rate of change. But at the same time, there are opportunities that exist that never existed before for people to have gainful employment and learn skills that they couldn't have learned. And to some degree, there's, there's a wonderful opportunity that will come with this kind of disruption where people have the chance to learn things they didn't learn and be able to do things that they couldn't before do. I mean, your experience with other governments, with other institutions and, and, and organizations, they, at what point do they say, okay, we have to create this resource for our employees, for our our stakeholders, what, whatever it is. I mean, what drives it? I mean, is it, is it simply understanding that I can't find the right people for the jobs that I, I need to fill? Is it something as, as simple as that? And they realize, okay, there's a problem. If I don't fix it, then it's never going to get resolved. You know, it's, it's interesting when I talk to our corporate clients who have been some of the earliest adopters of Coursera for business and talk about why, what, what prompted you to do this? Um, one of the companies that is, is L'Oreal, one of the largest cosmetic companies uh, out there, you wouldn't think that they would be massively impacted by uh, digital transformation, but, but they are. And the way that, that he, Laurent, the way that he described it to me, he said, Jeff, our customers are moving faster than we can keep up. Where they're getting their information, what is informing their decision-making, what is driving their purchase behavior, it's changing very rapidly. Our marketers need digital marketing. We, we need to understand and keep up with our customers. At the same time, we have competitors coming from areas that we never used to see who don't have the same barriers to entry that they used to have because so much of uh, compute power and a lot of knowledge is kind of on demand without a big upfront investment. So many, many businesses are saying, we need to keep up with our customers and our competitors in order to remain viable as a business. And so they look to their employees and say, we, we need to move at a faster rate. We need these types of skills. Um, to succeed in this company, you're going to have to learn. We will make sure that you have the resources to do that. But there is an obligation on the individual's part to take responsibility for developing the kinds of skills that are going to be valuable to the society. Is it the same in the public sector, Sullivan, the government, employees? Absolutely. I think the government is unique in that it touches all parts of the economy all parts of society. And so nowhere are things changing than everywhere. You know, literally everything you touch is changing. And so it's, I think people like to, you know, it's simple to say, oh, well, we can't find the right people, but that's not about, you don't want to wholesale change your staff. You have to recognize that you have to invest in them to allow them to keep up because there is history and institutional knowledge that is invaluable, that has to be retained. And you want to marry that with what is coming? What is next? How can we evolve? Because their connection to the different segments, to the ministries, to you know the municipalities, to the economy, they know what is being asked for. They know what, you know, they have access to that information of what is needed. And so if you can upskill individuals and give them the tools that, you know, that technology is demanding, that the market is demanding, so that they can meet the needs in the, their individual sectors. It is a brilliant marriage and an opportunity for incredible growth and development. Again, it takes the responsibility of the learner. It takes the responsibility of the, 
you know, the government in this case to invest so that they have access to that information. But if you can put those two together, that synergy is invaluable and will allow the government to reach its visit, you know, the Radan 21 vision, the vision 2030, all of these very necessary and aspirational goals could be, will be very successfully met as you put these two major components together. It's interesting that you say, you know, there's, there's a wider effort going on, not just in the UAE, but in the, in the, in the wider region as well, um, to be more efficient, to be more focused on, on, on this, as you say, Jeff, this digital transformation that's changing everything. Um, but also, I mean, I was speaking um, a few weeks ago to um, Juan uh, Arastas Sabal. He'll, he'll forgive me for chewing his name up. Um, he's a Colombian social entrepreneur, and he has a, an education platform called uh, Los Zuper. It's in Spanish language. And he said in Colombia's experience, uh, uh, like not too dissimilar to the UAE, a, a commodity-driven economy, that the problem was the mindset of what he calls the mindset of abundance. Things will always be fine. I will always be okay. Um, you know, and, and you, you think about the parallels in this region where of oil exporters of we'll always have hydrocarbons, we'll always be okay. And of course, the government understands that's not the case, has been diversifying their economies for a, n- a number of years now. But it, for young people who are coming through, who see the rapid pace of development, who maybe to a certain extent take it for granted, how do you convince them that it's not just enough to get into, um, say, the public sector and know that I've got a job for life? How do you encourage them to actually take advantage of these wonderful resources that they're being given? Well, the upside is that particular audience is the most willing and tech-enabled already. They, re- they like learning through mobile devices. They expect de- instant information. They're the, well, some of the most challenging to, to in an educational context because they can fact check you instantly. There is no, you know, so that is where, but you're, when you can do that, you're then able to have a more meaningful dialogue and say, okay, so what does that mean? What is the impact of that? They're an engaged entrepreneurial bunch who really very much want to see what's next. They're very, you know, they are very excited. Now, to your point, there is, there needs to be a continuous focus on the culture shift and what the future needs to look like, what a more diversified economy is going to look like, what are the skills that are going to be required to do that. And that is like, you know, anyone who's ever worked in an organization knows culture shift takes time. You know, economic development takes time, diversifying economy takes time. So it's about starting now is with the tools what are people going to need to help to do that? What are they going to need to put policy in place to enable to do that? And so there's, you treat it like any other project. You start and say what, you know, begin with the outcome in mind and then put the steps in place to do that. I frequently say to the ADSG staff that, you know, they, we are not the only lever that needs to be pulled in order to reach these visions, but they can't do it without us either. Learning has to be part of that. Jeff made the point before, you know, learning is fundamental to this because things are just simply changing too rapidly for it not to be. And so to provide, you know, partners like Coursera and other curriculum that people can pull in the information they need when they need it makes learning a great deal more interesting, a great deal more relevant and infinitely more impactful. And what does a typical course look like? I mean, is it video? Is it like you're in the class, but the professor's talking to you on your screen rather than in the room? Yeah, there's there's uh, there, there's a few different sort of levels, if you will, of of the learner experience. With the open courses, which we're best known for, uh, we, we have a range of of learning opportunities that go from open courses that anybody can 
pay and, and use, uh, or if they're fortunate enough to work for an employer like the School of Government that will actually uh, sponsor them, uh, then, then they get access to these open courses. These open courses are generally, um, you know, typically five to 10 hours. They'll, they'll take a topic like programming Python or successful negotiation or setting strategy or personal effectiveness in communication. And then they'll break that down into usually three modules or so. Those modules are built into, uh, made up of lessons, maybe three or four lessons, which are about 45 minutes each. They're mostly videos that you can watch on your mobile device or on your laptop. Those, these videos are interspersed with uh, quizzes and engagement questions. There's been a lot of science of learning that says if you just sit back and listen to a lecture or someone talking at you, it kind of just washes over you. But when you have to engage with it, apply it to a different context, think about it systemically, um, and, and, then, and then actually as you're learning, re-engage with the material, it sticks much better. And so as you're watching these videos, you're doing small exercises, short quizzes, usually not getting graded. This We call it mastery-based learning, where you get to attempt multiple times until you pass the material. Is there an element of gaming in this, of like video games a little bit? There is, there is a little bit in the sense that you are often in forums. You can chat with other people. When you, when you get these quizzes, sometimes they're multiple choice. Sometimes they're just describe a time when this happened in your life. And so you think, oh, that's interesting. Let me think about how this concept affected me or I could have done something differently. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily gaming in the sense that you are competing against others. But I do think that as you finish these courses, you get certificates. Many companies put leaderboards together to say, you know, who's, and I understand with the pilot program that there's a little bit of competition happening, even in there some is. of the early stages here, where people post the certificates and say, look, I'm, I'm kind of leveling up on the, on the certificate side. I mean, it speaks to meritocracy, doesn't it? I mean, you, if somebody within the organization is, is upskilling, is learning more, is, is doing better, um, and they get ahead as a result, then it tells everybody this is our culture. Yeah, and, 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 and uh, I was talking to Solvay. We, we have many, many companies who build learning into their personal development plans and their performance evaluation systems. So it is not a decoupled, oh, learn over there and then come and get evaluated on your work over here. The, the, the ability to learn and to show that you are exhibiting this kind of curiosity and continuous learning is built right into the performance reviews and is one of the conditions of promotion and career advancement. And that's exactly what we're doing within the government as a whole, building it into the performance, the PDPs, personal development plans, the performance management system, and the behavioral competency model that is being developed. These are all being linked and built into that. So there is incentive to do it, as well as to the point, a little bit of competition. We've done this, we have offered these programs to one of our our first leadership program, the leader program for high potentials within the government. And I think they've only had access for four or six weeks. And they, we have a few learners who have already completed 10 courses, um, one at 10, a few at eight. And they have the testimonials as to the impact that it's already having is extraordinary. And we intend to, as the Abu Dhabi School of Government have, you know, friendly competition between entities, making sure people are engaged, showing the impact of that. And having sort of the Academy Awards, if you will, the award, you know, for people who have fully engaged and been real partners with us in implementing it, as well as engaged learners in using it themselves, because it's, learning needs to be fun. Learning should be exciting. Learning, you know, and that is, we don't want to forget that as we talk about completion rates and things like that to make sure that the learners and the entities 
give us one, give us feedback so we know how we can continue to improve the experience and recognize them for the investment that they're making of their time and efforts. Because we do realize that people have lives. People have to fit this into, the, you know, very prof busy professional and personal lives. Uh, so there's a cat, this is sort of a carrot of Coursera's courses and learning more and doing well. Does this approach to be effective over time need a stick too, if you like? Well, I think the ish, yes, uh, in the sense that we want to make sure that it is linked to, we saw it, the performance management system within the government, uh, with the personal development plans, with the behavioral competency model. It is being linked to, you know, the hiring and promotion pra practices as all good learning should be in the sense that it needs to be linked. It needs to be relevant. It needs to be visible to the employee of how this is going to impact me and transparent in all ways. And so that has some characteristics of the carrot and the stick as we're building it in because what we are trying very hard to do is build a holistic learning ecosystem that makes sense because so frequently these things are very disparate in their application and you ha rightfully have employees and learners that are confused. And so we're trying to make sure that it's as transparent as possible. Yeah, I was going to say that depending on where I go, um, I was in India recently and we have a number of clients in India as well, businesses who, who've hired us. Some economies seem to be very dynamic and uh, subject to greater disruption due to this type of change. Uh, most people see, I think appropriately, that the types of jobs most at risk are those jobs that mechanically are repeatable and cognitively are predictable. So if you look at, a at an economy where a lot of the economy is based on repeatable or predictable tasks or mental processes, those have a high risk of, of being automated. When I look at some of those economies, the urgency with which the governments and the businesses and even the learners are saying, what's the risk that my job or substantial portions of my job will not be available to me or any other human being in the, in the near term? Um, at the, the awareness is going up, and we've even seen some businesses actually provide risk assessment scores for each role in the company just giving a probability that this role will not be here in X number of years. Wow. And then actually showing, based on the skills you have, these are the emerging jobs that actually are related to your skill set. And here are the additional skills you'll need to acquire to get onto this sort of emerging jobs. So it's as a roadmap, a, it's, it, essentially. It, it's a roadmap with sort of an alert. You might be heading towards a cliff. And is, is, that, is it good to kind of let people know that, that the cliff is coming? I think, it, I think it depends largely on the context. I mean, in some of these businesses where, in, not to say in fact, in high likelihood, a number of these jobs will be impacted or eliminated in, in the short term, I think it's almost only fair. In other contexts, it's probably the urgency is different and the response might, might appropriately be different. Well, I think it's important. At the World Government Summit this week, someone... Um, Christine Lagarde was saying, you know, ask the audience, raise your hand if you think your job will be impacted by the fourth industrial revolution, the she technology. She did. She absolutely <laughs> did. And that because there's simply not a person alive whose job won't be affected. And so to Jeff's point, it is only fair to have that conversation. And in the context of a government, whether or not it impacts the government employee itself, it will absolutely impact their constituencies, be it, you know, in it part of the economy that they support or regulate, a part of the community that they support or interface with in some way. 
And so I think the urgency is there on all sides, whether you think it's going to impact your personal role, which it probably will in some capacity, but most important, how is it going to impact your stakeholders? Because, you know, a slightly different mental shift within the government, we're a service provider. We are a support mechanism. And how do you support your stakeholders? You have to know if they are going to be impacted by this. So I think it's very important that that conversation be had regardless of the context. And the you mentioned the World Government Summit, uh, Mohammed El Gargawi, who's Minister of Cabinet Affairs in the future. So he's got a big portfolio. <laughs> um, he was saying that the private sector has too much of a, a lead, a lead role at the moment, not just in terms of um, emerging technologies and developing them, but shaping what the future looks like. And governments really have to step up. So is this is this sort of upskilling, um, you know, government uh, workers for, for this sort of very rapidly changing world, a way for governments to, to find a better role ultimately in shaping that future? Well, to the extent that governments often set rules about the way society works and the way that society works is being dramatically changed by technology, it would be useful if the regulators and rulemakers had some sense for what's coming down the line. We just launched at Coursera a couple of weeks ago a four-course specialization from the University of Toronto on self-driving cars. And when we were going through the, and, and this is mostly for engineers who want to be in the business of building cars or building stacks of software or whatever. But in the process of talking about these courses, we got a surprising number of questions about whether or not we're going to do a version of this course for public policy officials, for urban planners, for enforcement agencies, because something like self-driving cars is going to impact not only the jobs of building and operating cars, but also the jobs of designing cities and regulating the way those cars move through them. I mean, we, we saw the example uh, not so long ago of, of when um, the Facebook founder, Mark Zuckerberg, was on the hill and was being questioned in a very rudimentary way um, by lawmakers who clearly were behind the curve, if we'd be kind, about things. And, and really how, and, and the criticism was, well, how can you hold anyone to task if they know far more about the subject than you? So, so it really speaks to what you're saying. But, it, but, but when you bring, you know, when you talk about pilot program, uh, Solvay, in terms of leaders, you bring them from the government sector here to your school of government. I mean, are these the issues they're talking about when they come and say, you know, this is what's worrying us or this is what we care about or these are the things that matter? Absolutely. When we're having the conversations with them, they're they care very, they're acutely aware of the knowledge gap in many areas of the things that they need to get up to speed on so that they are able to regulate, they are able to engage. I think a, a proactive government official is never going to necessarily be ahead of private industry in, a, in the technology development, but they have to be at least up to speed enough to handle a discussion on regulation and how it's going to implement and what is the infrastructure going to look like. They are very keen and curious about what is coming next and how they should be thinking about it. And so to be able to, you know, have at least the conversation about it, because, you know, to your point about the interview with Mark Zuckerberg, nobody really wants that to be what's on CNN in the morning kind of thing or the cover of the national tomorrow. You know, they want to make sure that they, because everyone I have dealt with, I have to say it has been one of the most exciting moments of my career, you know, and I've only been on the ground here for less than six months, but it is absolutely an honor to me to have been asked to even participate in this because everyone I have dealt with from, from the leadership to the high potential leaders to, you know, 
general members of the different ministry, you know, different entities, there has never been a more excited group of learners that I have ever met in my career, recognizing that there is change coming, that there is need, that they have needs for learning and development because they want to be at the top of their game when, you know, they're called to make new regulation, make a new decision. And so from a learning perspective, you know, it really is a very exciting place to be in, in a very exciting project. You know, we at Coursera, we obviously have a global population of learners and we have 3,000 courses and these courses have assessment questions. And we, probably not surprisingly, we measure people's performance on every single question. And our data science team has basically loaded um, weightings on each question to say, what, what type of skill or competence is this question really measuring? And so we are going to be publishing what we call the Global Skills Index that allows us to actually benchmark regions against other regions in different domains of competence, business, technology, data science being three of the top ones. When you look at the skills benchmarking of the 170,000 UAE learners that are, have been on Coursera, even prior to this partnership, uh, what you see is pretty much across the board competencies that measure at about the global medium for UAE learners compared to the rest of the world. When you look at the larger Middle East population, of which there are 2 million registered learners, you see substantially less. So the data suggests that the UAE is regionally well ahead. And I think these types of partnerships and the visionary way that they're putting together, not just a solution for, the day, for today, but one that will scale as the world continues to change, may very well just increase the lead of the UAE over neighboring countries. So we've been talking about the... Uh the way digital transformation is, is changing the workplace, changing how people need to, to learn, to keep being learners, and that there is a skills gap that we're trying to meet here in the UAE and elsewhere. Um, so I have to thank um, my guests today who, who've really given us wonderful, wonderful insight. Uh, Solvay Nikolos, the, um, the Dean of the Abu Dhabi School of Government, and uh, Jeff Magion Calder, Coursera's Chief Executive. They've talked about their partnership. Um, thanks so much for being here, and I, th I think it's going to be very exciting and, and look forward to hearing from you about how all your students are going to be doing. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much.